so I'll first do a little introduction just in case we do do this to welcome our listeners to our Dungeons and Dragons podcast. I'm not <laughs> peeing right now. I'm pouring water. Sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. You might want to do that little intro again. This campaign is called the Blood Peak Pact. Nearly 300 years of unbroken peace have graced the world of Dothesea. Nations enjoy an era of open trade, diplomacy, and relative cooperation. But as the bloodshed and carnage of the last war fade from living memory, unrest begins to simmer. Elven extremists coordinate bombings and assassinations from the sanctuary of a sympathetic city, an orcish warrior is imprisoned for seeking to lead his tribe to forbidden lands reigned over by dragons. And near a cursed point of land in the southern seas, ships are reported missing, their crews lost to a mysterious fate. It is in this moment that our party finds itself in Fay, traveling towards Lycilia, that grave news arrives. Vuldeth has closed the Ingvild Pass, its border with Venonir. The Treaty of Enkean has been breached. Will it come to war between man and dwarf again? So welcome to the Strange Campaign podcast, as we are calling it right now. Sorry, Rob and Ben, Dylan and I got a podcast brand that we're going with for, for <laughs> sure. the title. I, I just want it to be known. I, maybe we could put this to a vote even. It yeah. came down to strange campaign or strangens and dragons. Strange campaign. <laughs> strange campaign. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, I'll drop it. I'll drop it. I won't. We didn't do a lot of time in the naming uh, realm. We just uh, it's it's more the the content that uh, we're we're here for. But um, <laughs> all about all about that content. <laughs> so welcome. <laughs> I am Austin Kenny. Um, I will be playing a, the character Belwyn, who is a tortle. He is a paladin. Um, I haven't picked, technically, because they're only level one, I haven't picked my oath yet, so I guess I won't really, really get there. But uh, essentially, uh, Belwyn is a turtle who is from a very, very long time ago when uh, nature and humanity and, like, humanoids... Uh, and kind of like fey magic creatures all lived in harmony together and such. Um, but then, and then the Fire Nation attacked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Essentially, pretty much. Um, humanity and kind of like humanoids kind of were getting greedy and they just kind of wanted more and more territory. And um, Belwyn is a uh, paladin who was uh, protecting the, uh, the Earth Mother's temple um with with his like squadron of turtle paladins and um as he was out there protecting this temple the last thing he remembered is like the the earth mother goddess sort of leaving uh out into battle out into this war between like humanity and like nature 
and he like fell asleep into this deep turtle slumber, turtle slumber, and uh, he is woken up in um, on the Forgotten Isle, um, which is in the uh, Edisfay area. He wakes up on that island, which sort of used to be this beautiful, like amazing temple, but it's now sort of a uh, rundown area he's all alone he doesn't know what has happened to his turtle people and you know uh the the war he fought is kind of long forgotten and uh yeah now he is uh sort of trying to adjust to civilization um and sort of learn what the kind of new world is like that's uh it's a little bit about belwin the turtle what island where is that uh, it's the so- forgotten it's the Forgotten Isle, Edis Fay. Austin, that's really, uh, I really like that. I, I get cool, like, Aang Avatar vibes, like, coming out of the <laughs> iceberg. I get out of place and out of time, like, finding finding yourself turtle yeah. vibes. Yeah, and so um, I, I, I'm just, like, this armored-up kind of turtly guy. I imagine him to have, like, his armor is a little, like, mossy and kind of, like, has some, like, flowery stuff growing on him and, and things like that. And, um, Very cool. The uh, the deities, too, that, that I uh, have picked are um, Shanti, who is the Earth Mother, and um, I'm kind of combining them because I just like this uh, idea of... And Sylvanus is the Forest Father, so they're just kind of like these two sort of... Uh, forest deity that um yeah are are his paladin people and is what's your time frame on um like how long it's been since he's awoken yeah so i'm thinking he's uh like around like a thousand years old or something like that just like the the like i said the war that he's fought is just kind of like mostly forgotten like people have civilization is like pretty established in the war he was fighting was kind of like civilization rising and kind of gotcha and how um but like that's dope but how how long has it been since he's woken up like is he like six months out from what having woken up yeah i think years out like what's mm -hmm. his deal i think he's um pretty recently woken up like He's, he, like, knows, a, I guess, a sort of base amount about the world, but he's not, like, we're not going to be like, this is the first city I've ever been to, kind of. <laughs> okay, cool, cool, yeah. Yeah, I don't, like, I don't want to be, like, that dumb, but it's still going <laughs> to be, like, I've maybe been to, like, a city or two, a town, um, and but not, I have not really explored this new world much. I'm just kind sure. of, he's trying to, like, find out what has happened to his people, he, like, feels this faint connection to his deities, but, like, he's not really sure where they are um, anymore and stuff like that. So, yeah, he's just kind of, like, trying to find his, his, his way again. I've got I've got a, a bit of an idea how to fit that, that war you were talking about that kind of was the reason you went into a slumber, into, like, the lore uh, that we can talk about later. But I want to hear I want to hear the other characters first before we do, like, super deep dives into the minutiae. Ben, you want to go for it? Hi, everyone. I'm I'm Ben Tut. I am going to be playing Cal Stormcursed. Um, so in coming up with my character, I like Dylan has done a whole lot of world building. It seems like I was I was really into um, reading through the documents that are in our Google <laughs> Drive. So I was trying to like 
draw a lot of inspiration like from the in-world culture stuff. I've been getting back into um, Warhammer 40k recently, and my like army that I play in Warhammer are the Space Wolves, which are like a very Viking Nordic inspired army. So I just was very down to make like a northerner Norse type character. Um, and then in, in as far as like character traits go, I'm sort of basing it off of this guy named Kaladin from the Stormlight Archive series, um, which I'm a big fan of right now also. So it's sort of like a hybrid of a bunch of different stuff that, um, you know, I'm into at the moment. So his uh, he's a barbarian. He's from he's from Manorhead, and he is uh, his parents are like successful traders, um, specifically like seafaring traders. So they just kind of like sail around and deliver, um, you know, goods and services and stuff to people. Um, but his, so his dad is kind of like worldly and you know, knows more about the whole world than just, um, Manor Had, and his mom is kind of like a real Manor Hattie, Manor Had person. <laughs> um, she's like super Northern and just like, you know, um, you know, a typical Northern lass, I a guess. Manor hole as they're called. Yeah. <laughs> man- right, right, right. <laughs> wait, 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 do you mean, okay. Is she like, uh, like kind of, uh, is she like bourgeois or no no, no they're not like a beer drinking yeah like, very yeah, much yeah. very much like a um a kind of like you earn what you work for type like you know yeah hardy lot hardened yeah, yeah hardy yeah. very hardy yeah. very uh doesn't doesn't ask for much you know kind of right very but independent so, my, so in that so going off of that my whole thing so another big thing about the 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 people of Manor had is they're like they're very superstitious and like distrustful of magic and stuff. So my whole thing is that my character Cal was born during like a, a huge storm that kind of like crippled the area when it happened. Like it um you know messed up the shipping ports and just caused a bunch of damage. And he was born like at sea when they were coming like back from a trade or something um and so everyone just sort of like associated him with this really bad omen from birth and he just sort of seems to like have like bad weather and like unlucky occurrences and stuff happen throughout his life and like all around him and so like the town folk like don't like him he's just very ostracized and people like you know call him storm cursed and don't want him around and everything. And his family is like good to him, but he can even tell that like his dad doesn't really like him because it's like affecting their, uh, their, their ability to make money. Cause people don't want to like trade with them cause they think they're like cursed and whatever. Um, so he is just kind of like this, like sullen, you know, loner, but he, really just wants to uh to find like a squad and and be accepted and you know like prove himself to people and not just be like this bad luck omen that everybody thinks he is so um that's sort of my plan for him and so his his family would like leave him behind to like 
be, you know, to tend their properties and whatever property while they're away at sea because they don't want to bring him because they don't want to have a storm or something, have bad luck. So he's used to being on his own, but he just, you know, wishes that he, he wasn't. And he's a, so he's a barbarian, you know, survivalist. And eventually, I'm, I think it's called Path of the Storm Herald. So eventually by level three, I should be like causing storms and stuff when I rage and make <laughs> lightning hit people and stuff. Um, Do you think you're going to like maybe try to gamify the the idea of like the bad luck in a sense like not in a crippling way not like you're constantly having like a disadvantage or like but maybe like there's some way to gamify like randomness into into like Mm. your actions and things i don't want to do it in i don't want to do it in a way that's just like only negative like i want there to be a sense of like risk or reward with actions Mm. and stuff yeah, that could be really cool. I don't, I don't know what we. Um, hmm, that's interesting. That's definitely something to think about and, and talk yeah. about with, mm-hmm. um, you know, with you before our like first actual session goes. But I, I was, I was mostly thinking that his sort of like, his, uh, his bad luck stuff isn't really warranted. Like it's just kind of that like. It's just a superstition. Yeah, like storms. Like when he's around, like it will rain. You know, yeah. like if he's like, if there's like a big track meet or whatever, like the northerners have like all the youth go and like compete, and he's all like excited <laughs> and like really wants to go. Prove himself. Like, he, got, he, got, he, got home, he got homecoming canceled. Yeah, so he'll like show up and be like super excited to like do the long jump or whatever, and they'll just be like a lightning storm. Like this northern high school track meet and this like emo we yeah. <laughs> bring in the storm. Yeah. They just don't like him and they're just like, dude, every time you're around stuff goes wrong. Why don't you just like not be near us? Yeah. You know? It gives um, me like fat Thor vibes. <laughs> kind of but i was thinking more you know i was trying to go more like you know like a scrappy broody type of not you know not just like i am the hammer of the sure sky. sure he's got a power that he doesn't he's grown and been nurtured to not really trust or like yeah and he doesn't know if it's true or not and he you know like yeah, yeah he just wants he just wants to be part of the he just wants to be part of it you're you're Rudolph, essentially. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh wow. That's hilarious. So that's my hope is that like over the course of the thing he will like become more of a Thor type of a guy, but right now he's he, you know, he's uh he's not quite there yet. He's more yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So that's uh that's yeah. Cal Stormcursed. I mean this in a in a good way. I, I I get like Naruto vibes in a sense where Naruto like he has like a cursed demon in him and like the town hates him, but he just wants to be like doing good for the town. But uh, you know, is that he, what Naruto's about? Yeah, yeah. Like I, he, I I also have never watched it actually. Yeah, so. no. I mean it's it's kind of kind of similar vibes to to what you're saying. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm trying to go for. I'm trying to go for kind of like a tragic, tragic uh, kind of a thing. So there it is. Rob, right, you want to you go? go? Take yeah, I'll go. I'll go for it. Uh, my character is called uh, Maximin 
Aetumal? Aetumal? A-E-T-U-M-A-L. It's a, uh, a high elf. Pick a name, name that you can pronounce. <laughs> but it's one of the good high elf last names. Maximon what? is his first name, and that's like this Mexican death deity that is like, okay, but I looked into it, and it's just, it's a modern one who like chain smokes and drinks, <laughs> and he wears sunglasses. Uh, and my character wears sick. sunglasses. I'll talk about it. Yeah, it's cool. But, um, so Maximon is a uh, he's a high elf uh, cleric slash student. He's at the uh, Spidnian Academy of Arcana, which is in the Sudasfe uh, city of Zara Karis. Really hate every word I said, uh, but thank Nailed you. It. Um, he's <laughs> studying. I don't know exactly what he's studying. I think it's like medicine and like. Um, I guess magic, a well-respected magic institution. And my character is really here to be a healer, right? And he's working on a thesis on like death and dying and like the rituals of the continent, which um, for those who don't know, uh, Zerakaris and Studis Fey in general are detached from the larger continent of um, uh, I Can I just call it the continent? You can. That is also that is that is um that is canon to what elves refer to it as. They <laughs> okay, they cool. like to very condescendingly say the continent. Yes, that's my character sucks by the way. Um, yeah, the <laughs> continent. He's just like he, I mean he's like a student who hasn't really left Zerakaris. From my understanding, you're not allowed to leave Zerakaris um, unless there, you're on like official duty. Yeah. So there was a there was a. An edith put forward by the Sudisfae government approximately 15 years ago, restricting mm -hmm. travel out of the country to the continent unless you have, like, express official permission. Sure. So I'm able to leave because I am, like, studying, like, these, like, heat, like dying rituals. Um, I have, uh, like, a scrying mirror, which is, like, a real thing, a real thing. Um, also known as a black mirror, which is like uh, witches will do ceremonies around it and it will like show them answers. It's like mirror, mirror on the wall. Like that's a scrying mirror. And I've got like a little pocket watch and it. I have to like ask certain permission from the government before I do things, which is my magic eight ball, which I'm <laughs> going to be asking a bunch of questions to. Um, but that's like why I'm allowed to leave is for my study. Um, I'm on the continent to learn. I have like a good understanding of, I guess, my culture, um, but I want to learn about these other cultures. And hopefully along the way, we can hit up some cemeteries or grave sites or places where I can learn and hopefully learn like new techniques to help, uh, I guess, like people stay alive or help like kind of fend off death. Um, I'm definitely, my character, I looked up like a Victorian goth. <laughs> I want it to be like, uh, I don't know, He's like kind of aristocratic, but I have not a, like an asshole. <laughs> I have I have a bit of a question for sure. you. So you're clearly a character who you're very close to death and also magic. Is there yeah. any chance that like your character f feels a bit of the pull in a sense to to borrow from Star Wars? Feels a bit of a pull from the the quote unquote dark side because once you start to get close to death in the magic realm you start to creep towards things like necromancy like dark magic and like 
into the realm of like demons and and other unsavory things that your professors and colleagues at the the Svidnia Academy would definitely definitely frown on, if not highly discourage. I okay. So in terms of like alignment, my character is lawful, uh, neutral. It's like, have you seen Prometheus? Have we all seen that yeah. movie? Dude, <laughs> like, I watched David? I watched Alien last night for the first time. Oh, tight. But yeah, this is sweet. So you, I guess you haven't seen Prometheus. I have seen Prometheus, actually. Oh, okay, but you watched Alien? Oh, okay. Much right, better. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, We're much uh, better, David, much better. Yeah. Um, David, like the Michael Fassbender robot, who, like, he poisons, like, one of the characters with, like, the oil just to kind of, like, see what happens. And I think it's truly out of curiosity, but it's like an evil and like chaotic yeah. act. And I think my character is like lawful in the sense that he just wants to learn. And if he learns and it like leads somewhere dark, that's fine. It's just like the knowledge is this ultimate pursuit. I don't have, I honestly don't have intentions to go fully dark, but that's possible. Um, he doesn't sound, this doesn't sound like he's the most like people person type guy. No, if he I, would like I, yeah. give us poison for curiosity or whatever if sure. like he's he's interested in both your characters because they both have information that he doesn't know and he sees in them like an opportunity to like continue moving forward he cares sounds like a total to the... rick to me yeah he'll be still <laughs> with you. yeah he like heals you because he knows that he needs you to be alive so that he can continue I'm getting like, yeah, I'm getting a sort of like a slight sociopathy that I feel your character is on a bit of a seesaw where I can see you being lured by darkness. And I can also see you being like sort of convinced by like the the bonds of your party. And like, you know, you have a you have a very bipolar sort of like sure, a little yeah. bit motivation. Yeah. It also, it's also cool because it, it's sort of like if we're looking at like traditional fantasy tropes or whatever, or mm -hmm. even traditional Dungeons and Dragons tropes, it kind of leans into some of the more like negative aspects of the high elves where like they're kind of aloof and like superior, but not necessarily in like a necessarily a mean spirited way. It's just like they don't really empathize with other people quite as much because they're just kind of like feel themselves to be like above it in a way you know yeah. it just mm -hmm. seems kind of like that all kind of yeah. makes sense like he's just kind of he's more interested like people are like kind of like specimens to him in a way that's exactly it yeah i kind of knew that about high elves i played a high elf before i think nice i think rob might actually be a high elf in real life in real life <laughs> <laughs> wow. yeah. oh really quickly and we're talking about like necromancy like dark shit <laughs> I will say, like, one of my cantrips is I, like, summon a skeleton hand, and it, like, touches people with death. It's fucking tight. <laughs> I guess, without further ado, the, the only other character to be introduced would be me as your dungeon master. Uh, my name's Dylan Bennett. If you're coming here from Strange Conversations, you'll, you'll recognize uh, my voice as well as Austin's. Um, but I will be, basically for those unfamiliar with Dungeons and Dragons, I will kind of be the architect of the story and the world and 
uh, I'll be playing all the characters that that our party interacts with. So all everyone that's not us in the world. Yeah. <laughs> so you'll be hearing a lot of funny accents from me. Maybe some that don't come off as gracefully as others. But I'm gonna do my best to lay out a convincing and engrossing world. So that might involve some funny accents and uh, slightly strange characters. Um, but bear with me, because this is my first time DMing, um, and I'm very excited to do it, uh, because it's a world that I, like we've said, have put maybe a ridiculous and uh, slightly alarming amount of effort into, but it's been a lot of fun to create, and I cannot wait for these characters to completely ruin my plans. So Dylan mentioned it's his first time uh, DMing. Um Ben and I actually used to play uh, in high school together, so so we are are, are fairly experienced players. Um, have both dabbled in DMing a little bit, um, but yeah, I don't know Ben and Rob. I mean Ben, I kind of gave a little preface to your D and D experience, but I don't know if you guys wanted to talk a bit about your your uh, love or what your you know your what? feelings are D and D. Austin and I went to high school together, and around, it wasn't until sort of later in high school, maybe end of junior year, maybe even senior year, that our friend group started playing D&D, um, but it it was really great for me, because I, I was one of those kids that would buy the, the monster manuals and stuff, and the player's handbooks from Barnes and Nobles when I had no one to play D&D with, and I'd just, like, read about the, like, <laughs> monsters and stuff so it's one of those things like i just am a big fan of fantasy and uh you know world building and all this kind of stuff um and i would say i have yeah like that's i have a passion for all that kind of stuff far more than i have a passion for like role playing necessarily so i guess what i sort of tend towards in the way i play D is more like i'm playing a playing a video game and like I do I like doing character stuff but I don't particularly care if I am like embodying that character myself as much as like watching my character do his thing um so I guess that's re- that yeah I think that's all I have to say about um my experience or you know tendencies when it comes to Dungeons and Dragons I think I might come from the exact opposite <laughs> that kid who <laughs> reads the monster manual uh i i don't like fantasy like at all i don't, I don't <laughs> think like any like fantasy things i've ever really enjoyed <laughs> um i play dungeons and dragons because uh austin a good friend and he's like you should play and we're like, okay and we played together and i just wanted to be chaotic evil <laughs> i take joy in that um i'm not being chaotic evil now i'm being lawful I, I honestly i like the like outside element i guess like the meta like the meta thing of using the eight ball for the character i was gonna play one where i i would have like a tarot deck that i could use i might even kind of use that to like see how i feel about my character i i'm like kind of detached from it i just like oh the, man the, it sounds fun like i like the kind of conversation and like a group coming together but like i know I have, like, really basic understandings of, like, orcs and elves, and I hate mm. them both. 
I thought Bright was really cool. <laughs> no, this is a Bright-based campaign, actually. Yeah. I really <laughs> mentioned that. Yeah. That being said, like, I love the idea of, like, the D&D ones that are, like, uh, like Cthulhu or, like, the X-Files. Because I like spooky stuff, but not... I'm going to try to... I'm going to try to sprinkle in a healthy a healthy dose of spooky and uh you know some some otherworldly sure. weird stuff i want to try to make sure like when i was creating this world i w- i was trying to make sure that there was like a place and a, and a and a kind of culture and a sort of almost trope in every geographic location that can help play they can help players of all different you know dispositions and levels of interest in different things so it's a very uh it's a very large world with a lot going on but i hope that like it has a bit of everything for everyone cool i i, I will say like I'm, i am curious about fantasy things they like don't do it for me but like ben mentioned like warhammer and i'm like oh yeah i'd like to I was like looking at the images and like this is cool. Like if I'd like to hear Ben explain it to me. <laughs> you know, I, you know that's what? That's a whole nother that's, yeah. you know, that's a whole nother podcast. You don't even get him started. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't the time or place, but no, no, you really should have. And I can't even tell you how much joy it just gave me yeah. to hear you say that. Let's sure, just say yeah. there with yeah, we will anytime you want to just have a call. <laughs> like listening to you talk about that is hilarious. This is a land that is really organized around these nations that are for the most part organized around racial geographies. And so we have the most prominent, largest, and most dominant power in this world is the nation of Venenir, which is a very stereotypical fantasy human kingdom. So if you think uh, a very ambitious, a very, uh, a very power-hungry and greedy kingdom that is defined by a powerful monarch, a economic system that creates very few wealthy lords and lots of have-nots who sort of do whatever they can to scrape by. That is Venonir. It is a kingdom that encompasses basically the entire eastern portion of our continent and is defined by its dominance of trade and its dominance in war, simply by how large its population is. Mm. 
directly connected to Venonier and probably the second most important nation, geopolitically speaking, in the world is the Dwarven Kingdom of Vuldeth. Vuldeth is a very, very old nation, very much so older than Venonier. Um, but is a nation that is defined by the dwarves' adherence to technology, to resources, to mining and smithing, to engineering, and to a dominance in craft and um, machine building. The dwarves are not a very religious people historically, but they have great faith in their ability to make things and their ability to shape the world around them. And in that way, Though a much smaller nation, it gave them a great advantage in the early eras of our continent and made them a very worthy foe to Venonir in their rise to power. A very, very long and costly war was fought between Voldeth and Venonir about 300 years ago, which only ended when a massive volcano uh, dominating the center part of our world erupted, bringing fire, ash, and death onto Voldeth, destroying two cities and putting the kingdom in a state of crisis that forced them to have to surrender to Venonir. There are great reparations that were paid to Venonir. There were many uh, different trade agreements and arrangements that were made that put Voldeth at a great economic disadvantage. And Voldeth has been uh, basically uh, crippled ever since that war. Uh, that war also had another very interesting implication for Venonir, however, though it did create a, a geopolitical system where they rose quickly to the top of the pile. It also created a great secessionist movement in their northern cities, uh, which resulted in a large amount of humans seceding from Venonir and forming the human kingdom of Manorhad, which dominates the northern realm closest to the Arctic regions of our map. Uh, Manorhad is a country that turns its nose up at magic, unlike Venonir, and unlike Venonir, is built upon a confederacy of independent city-states that each govern themselves and also contribute to a councillary that meets and creates uh, rules that it feels are best for the entire region without hampering on the individuality of each city-state. And so Manorhad people are hardy, they're independent, they're magic, they're skeptical of magic, and they are highly, highly disdainful of Venonir and the ambitions of that nation. If we move just to our south, a nation that has a very old history, but a one that is kind of looked upon as the least significant nation solely because of their lack of worldly ambition, we arrive at the orcish world of Ket. Ket is a land that is dominated by large plains, marshy wetlands, and at its northernmost point, a large forest and a mountain range. Ket is the traditional tribal lands of the orcs and has been preserved under their tribal leadership due to the orcs' ability at defending their homeland and their martial prowess. So the orc cities are basically large tent cities that have been permanently established from uh, years and years of nomadic life. Some orcs do practice the nomadic lifestyle, but many have settled into these larger tent cities. Um, 
And the orcs have a very uh, martial religious order that is central to the way that they live their life and approach their craft. Uh, orcs have maintained their independence through a, uh, a lifestyle that they use to become mercenaries in their early years. Once they reach late adolescence and in their young adulthood, they essentially uh, do service work in mercenary groups and militias for hire all around the kingdoms. So rich nobles hire them as bodyguards. Um, they're hired as, you know, strike breakers by corporations. They're hired as uh, fighters for small factional wars. And they're hired as adventurers for hire uh, and muscle for clearing out wildlife or monsters or beasts or what have you. Then we come to the two realms of the elves. To our immediate southwest in the bottom corner of our map, we have an island nation known as Sudisfei, which is the ancestral homeland of all elf and fey kind, uh, and is very much a land dominated by the use and mastery of magic. The elves' use of magic has allowed them to create amazingly majestic cities, has allowed them to create the foremost academy in the world, and has put them in a position where they are very much skeptical, suspicious, and pretentious of all other races of the continent, as they refer to it. They are very isolationist. They prefer to not spend too much time amongst orcs, humans, and uh, dwarves. And they prefer the comforts of their own ways uh, as they view their magical traditions as the only real uh, thing worth studying or preserving. But not all elves have thought this way throughout history. Some elf and fae kind uh, in ancient times decided that they wished to live and learn amongst the different races of the continent. And so they left Sudisfei and founded the small democratic nation of Iadisfei, which is both the most diverse nation on the continent, but also in some ways, the most hectic and least productive. Because it's a democracy and because it is ruled by a uh, council of representatives, decision-making and policy-making take much, much longer than they do in these more authoritarian monarchies and the oligarchy of the elves. Um, and because of this, Iadisfei is very much so looked down upon by all other nations. They are viewed as a experiment that is not producing good results. Um, and many people, including the humans, the dwarves, and the elven nations, view that because of the, dif the massive differences in races that live on Iadisfei and the different interests represented, um, Iadisfei is a, a land that is bound to be taken over or broken up into different pieces with time. Um, and that is surveys all of our nation states within this land. There is a northern realm that is unexplored and unconquered known as Iskarda. There is a dragon realm that is also unexplored that is just off to our west that is known as Draktueyan. Uh, the dragons are 
even more isolationist than the elves. They don't even want themselves to be seen by other races, nor do they ever leave their realm. And no ship that has ever attempted to explore Draktoyan has ever returned because of the dragon's fierce guardianship of their lands. And finally, there is the mysterious, diseased, and deadly realm of Methodothesis, which is at our southeasternmost tip of our world. Methodothesis is a realm that is very, very frequently attempted to be explored, but very infrequently uh, those adventurers return from. It is a jungle that is defined by its diseases, its deadly predators, its mystery and intrigue, and its dense and unending expanse of greenness and tangled growth. There is one settlement on this cursed point of land known as Argus, which is a lawless city run by hungry and greedy corporations, by trade corporations, um, which is essentially a city of traders, pirates, um, strongmen, and trade companies that use their fortune to rule over anyone unfortunate enough to find themselves in Argus. There are unspeakable evils said to reside in Mephidothesis, and many explorers have rumored tales of a broken and cragged point that they say all sailors should avoid, as well as a massive structure somewhere deep in the forests of an ancient city that no one has ever entered and no one has ever seen anyone leave from. Cool. I was I just wanted to say, Dylan, incredible stuff, man. <laughs> I'm I'm so I'm so excited and it's clear you've put so much thought into this and um, yeah, I just, uh, yeah, I totally feel the Game of Thrones stuff, like, very cool, thought out nations. Uh, yeah, I'm just like, I'm very impressed. And I'm, yeah, just want to give you some props before we. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, this, is, yeah. this map, too, we'll definitely have to post it somewhere because it's crazy. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. incredible. It's incredible. It was so, the. It was honestly the first thing I made, and then I kind of made the, the, the lore. Wait, wait, wait! The you map. made the map? There's like a ma- yeah. I, I, I'm. It's a. There's a really easy and really cool program called Incarnate that is like a really cool and easy way to make fantasy maps. Oh, okay. I thought this was like. Wait, you made all this up? Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he made oh, this. Dude, this sucks. You're a nerd, dude. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, my God. I... <laughs> wow. Um, like, respect, I guess. I... This sucks, dude. This so... is insane.
So what city did you say we were starting in again? Sorry. So we are going to be starting in the country of Edisve, just sort of south along that road, heading into Lycilia. Where are we kind of starting, um, I, I guess, in, in this town? Did you have any, any more beyond that? I figured you would be starting just south of it, a little bit in the woods, because starting you off in a town right away, I thought there'd be a better way to introduce both Rob to some of the elements of just straight up how to play if we started in a less remote, or in a more remote area. But I definitely wanted that first session to be... Um, from a remote area into a town uh, so that you could get a sense of both wilderness play and also uh, more settlement play. Um, so I guess what I'd say is my question is, are our characters going to be already together when we begin or are we going to like encounter each other? Are we supposed to have already known each other? That's honestly something that I haven't put a ton of thought into just yet. I was kind of organizing like session one around y'all already being in a party, but okay. it could be that y'all like just met and that could be stuff that gets filled in in session one. But I feel like it might be tough playing the three of you separately into like. No, a- yeah, no, of course. I think it also, honestly, I think that's perfect because when you role play the party first meeting each other, it's a little awkward in like. <laughs> yeah. The way you introduce, you know what I mean? In my experience, the ideal start point is, like, you assume that all the characters have, like, just recently met. So they have, like, a basic idea of each other, but they don't, like, know the juice yet, you know? (laughs) So um, I kind of wanted to maybe figure out with um, you as well, Dylan, but my compatriots, maybe how we all met up, I guess, and how we're kind of acquainted I was thinking, story-wise, what kind of makes sense in terms of our cast of characters is that potentially Rob just left Sudisfe, uh, maybe landed in the uh, the Iadisfe capital of Fein on the on the western end of Iadisfe. Uh, I was also thinking that maybe Ben's character Cal potentially just landed there as well from a boat. Maybe he felt he had to leave Manorhead for some reason. Maybe he was being particularly ostracized or thought maybe a worldly, uh, you know, wandering the world would help him find himself. And I was thinking maybe there's a reason why Belwyn was heading to Fein and why you find yourselves maybe heading back in this direction is that Belwyn might have ventured there because Belwyn was trying to uh, maybe head towards land that he recognized from his time. Sudisfe would have been around still. It would have been a established nation. So maybe that if he headed to Sudisfe, he'd get answers. But at the same time that he was heading to Fein to leave to go to Sudisfe, he met our other two party members, Rob's character, I'm thinking that Maximon might have wanted to head actually to Vuldeth, to Cag's Rest, which is the ancient tomb and burial ground of all Cags. In the Dwarven world, um, they refer to their king as a Cag, and essentially it's like it's like a Khan. So the the Dwarven monarchy are all descendants of the first uh, unifying tribal leader, which was Cag. And so all Dwarven kings call themselves Cags, and their their last name is Cag. And so Cag's Rest is where all the Dwarven kings are buried. 
And I'm thinking that that's where Maximon wanted to go, but he met this turtle that he realized is, you know, something from ancient history. Like no one has seen turtles for the longest time. No one knows much about turtles. And this turtle told him that he comes from this place called the Forgotten Isle that is a ruin that is remnant of an ancient civilization. And I'm thinking that Maximon was like, you know, fuck Cag's rest. We got to go to the Forgotten Isle. I got to learn more about, you know, your turtle people. And I'm trying to figure out how Cal falls into that. Because well, I think something something I was kind of thinking um, with, with Cal is um, at least with um, Belwin and his sort of whole, one of his sort of ideals, um, being a paladin is like uh, preserving sort of this uh, light of nature that is in within people. And maybe he like sees Cal as like this downtrodden soul and maybe just wants to like help. Help oh, him you know what? You know what know. we could do. You know what we could do, um, Austin is like maybe my, uh, you know, my tempest heraldness, whatever, is sort of like an authentic piece of like your nature god or whatever. Mm. So you oh. like, like I could be one of the like few things that you've like come across that like is legit connected to like your yeah. like ancient thing i got there's some scent on you that i like yeah yes yeah, so that would make sense like you're <laughs> like oh yeah like you could be like oh yeah cool like here's proof that like the nature yeah. stuff is still around because like you've got it in you and then i could just be like psyched that you like me yeah and want to like send me away yeah and then rob could just be like following you around like wait 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 like what is your species <laughs> yeah this makes a cool yeah. sort of like a weird learning like everybody's trying to learn something off of each other like i think that'll be good because it'll it'll make for questions between you about each other so that tidbits about your character and about your past come out more naturally than just like oh what's your whole story like you know um, <laughs> right Right. That way, like, you're constantly kind of, like, trying to get information from each other, and you're sort of, like, each trying to learn something from one another. Like, oh, where did you first, like, come in contact with this storm deity? Like, right. I didn't know, like, you know, I didn't, I haven't sensed this in such a long time. Or, like, you know, where are your people? Like, why are there no other turtles? Like, you know, what, what like, sort of things are going on? You all have these different things that you can, like, be trying to learn from one another. Sure. Yeah. That makes no, so. That's great. It. I think that's a cool. That's another part of like just getting a D and D group rolling is like sometimes it's hard to find a reason for the characters to want to be around each other and want to be working towards a you know common, a common goal. goal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And this yeah. sounds like that would make sense for you know Rob's doing his thesis. I'm just tr I'm just psyched to not be rejected. Well, one of the things yeah. is that. Uh, or Belwin is trying to take Maximon to the Forgotten Isle to sort of give him a tour, essentially. Like, I'll help. Yes, I'll help you. A tortoise. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and he could he could be taking Cal to the Forgotten Isle because he's kind of like maybe maybe you'll feel some sort of connection there. Like, yeah, maybe clearly, there's some answers yeah. here for you. Belwin is the glue. <laughs> so I, I guess my my only other questions would be. The, the area that we are meeting in, that's in the sort of, like, democracy, inefficient, 
like try to make the new world zone right is that exactly yeah it's like it's it's a very progressive nation but at the same time it it has all the pros and cons of a democracy of a progressive right this yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. like and so we are all we are all very aware of them yeah (laughs) yeah and so it's it's a nation where people are both very optimistic but there are also factions that are working to take that away. Well, I'm just, I'm very excited, guys. I think uh, I like everyone's characters. I love the world. I I want to go and find out so much stuff, man. Woohoo. So much to explore. So much to find out in the upcoming I, episodes of Strange so Campaign. So I put some pictures. Sorry, Austin. I just interrupted your great little wrap-up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, it's okay. I think I think that's a good, a good, uh, we, on this little outro, we can maybe even say that, We'll make a place where we can post all these images, maybe like all of our inspiration. Uh, these yeah. maps kind of give our listeners a little visual of, of what we're kind of imagining here um, uh, for our for a little campaign. So we will start next episode just outside Lycilia, where we are, have the intent of going to the Forgotten Isle. And um, I think that'll be a good place to start. I think maybe maybe to wrap things up, one thing, uh, uh, Ben and Rob, have you guys thought of character voices at all a little <laughs> bit? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I have been thinking about this a lot. He sounds uh, exactly like me. <laughs> 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 but he uh, does it. He's got no vocal uh, fry, and he's cool. <laughs> it's like actually less cool me. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like um i feel like austin's the only one who actually designed a character that might require some like vocal work because i can't imagine a turtle sounding like a human man but yeah i don't know, know if a I, human and an elf could I sound decided if i haven't decided if i'm going um in the uh the direction of like a an old like gruff voice or even i could I was also thinking, like, I could go to, like, the soft, like, Winnie the Pooh kind of voice. I also really like the idea of, like, speak softly and smash a dude's head with a huge hammer. Yeah, <laughs> dude, you know what? You know what, Austin? It's kind of like um, Goose goose vibes a little bit from uh, Saga. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's it. Yeah, exactly. That, yeah, very much so. Kind of like the Winnie the Pooh kind of. Like, yeah, I like that. Hello, my name is... I don't know. Some yeah. somewhere up something uh, somewhere up here kind of in a <laughs> yeah. I don't but know. I'm a turtle. I'm a turtle. It's... I'm a turtle man. <laughs> I'm a turtle. What's I'm that from? Hey. Uh, am I not turtly enough for the turtle club? It's from that <laughs> oh, terrible no, terrible movie. That scene. <laughs> that scene was filmed on 9/11. <laughs> Are you serious? What? Yeah. Is... <laughs> That's such yes. a rob fact. Wait, after or before they did the Tony Club thing? Okay, that's the thing I don't understand. Honestly, I think about this a lot. I thought about this a lot. Like, I was thinking about this yesterday. Because I'm assuming it was filmed not in New York City. It was filmed in L.A., but that would have been so early in L.A. But I know that they had a moment of silence on set, so I don't know. I don't know. But it was filmed during the Turtle Club day. Yeah. That is an amazing fact, and I don't know if I'm glad to know it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah you should be <laughs> the turtle nice so i'll be thinking about 9-11 now <laughs> <laughs>